Welcome to the King Truth Podcast, dedicated to everything in the black community. Here's your host, King Truth. Welcome, everyone, to the King Truth Podcast. This is your host, King Truth. Today is May 5th, uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. And the topic I'm going to talk about today is eight Black Panther programs that were more empowering than the federal government programs. So usually when we think about the Black Panther Party, or I'm going to call them the BPP throughout you know, the remaining of this episode, instead of saying Black Panther Party every time. Uh, We envision the images that have long dominated public media. Images of black men armed with guns dressed in black. Yet, as as Stanley Nelson's recent documentary highlights, the BPP was far more complex. Established in 1966 by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale, the BPP was created in response to the rise of public uh, of police violence in the Bay Area. Originally called the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, the BPP set out to monitor police activities and protect black residents from police brutality. One of the fundamental aspects of the BPP was their commitment to serving black communities through a variety of social programs, including ambulance services, health clinics, and the creation of schools. One of the most successful of these social programs was the free breakfast for children, which provided food for children all across the United States. Now, the Black Panther Party survival programs was fundamental to the Black Panther Party's mission to improve Black communities during the 1960s. According to Newton, these programs satisfied the deep needs of the community. Significantly, the BPP's survival programs were deeply intertwined in the party's political goals. Members understood that in order to advance their political goals, Black men and women needed to be able to sustain themselves. A former Black Panther member, David Hillard, explained the actions the Black Panther Party engaged in were purely strategic for political purposes designed to mobilize the community. So now we're going to get into these programs, the eight programs that were very influential. Uh, The first program is the breakfast program. The free breakfast for school children program was set up in Berkeley, California in 1968 by Bobby Seale and Huey P. Newton. It was the first significant community program organized by the Panthers and perhaps the most well-known. By the end of 1969, free breakfast was served in 19 cities under the sponsorship of the national headquarters and 23 local affiliates. More than 20,000 children received free school lunch, uh, a free breakfast 
that was a free full breakfast, which included bread, bacon, eggs, and grits, before going to their elementary or junior high classes. Inspired by contemporary research about the essential role of breakfast for optimal schooling, the Panthers would cook and serve food to the poor inner-city youth of the area. The free breakfast program became the central organizing activity of the group. The reach and success of the program in so many communities underscored the inadequacies of the federal government's then flagging and under-resourced lunch programs in public schools across the country. Despite its success, federal authorities attempted to discredit and derail the free breakfast program. Among other actions, authorities raided breakfast program locations while children were eating. Now, as the Black Panther Party became overwhelmingly successful, it became mandatory for all chapters to have a free breakfast for children program. The minimum requirement for the program was an, was an available space with tables and chairs for at least 50 people. Panther leaders requested a minimum of 10 people working, two people on traffic, two, uh, one person at the sign-in table, one person taking coats and hats, and four people as servers, and then two cooks. Now, as a grassroots organization, the BPP relied on the support of ordinary men and women to help fund the breakfast program and the organization as a whole. To that end, members of the party organization organized several fundraising events in order to collect money, food, and kitchen supplies from local churches and businesses. Now, under the our spices of the COINTELPRO, a counterintelligence program ran by the FBI agents and the director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, others and others devised a range of strategies aimed at destroying the Black Panther Party, along with propaganda, infiltration, and various attempts to discredit the organization. The FBI also targeted the Free Breakfast for Children program. Melvin Dixon, a former member of the BPP, has argued that the FBI disliked the Black Panther Party because the party helped to shed the light on the failure of the U.S. government to address issues of poverty. According to Dixon, the U.S. government have all this money, but here we are, a grassroots organization feeding kids all across the U.S. During his tenure in the BPP, Dixon ran the Black uh, the Breakfast Program in the Atlantic Street Center in Washington D uh, in Seattle, Washington, which opened in 1969. He said we wanted to give people the organizational skills so they could do things for themselves. Now, despite the positive impact of the Free Breakfast for Children program in Black communities, they could not outmatch the powers of the FBI. By the late 1980s, the Black Panther Party, along with the breakfast programs, had been destroyed. And while the party's free breakfast for children program was short-lived, it left a lasting impact. The party's influence can still be seen in public schools nationwide, which now provide free breakfast and lunch for children in need. 
the free breakfast for children program underscores how the Black Panther Party sought to address the social and economic needs of black communities during the civil rights black power era. And this is fundamental. Yet often overlooked was an aspect was that aspect of the party's history and its legacy. Now the next program I'm going to talk about is the health clinic. Now, the clinics were called the People's Free Medical Centers, or PFMC, and eventually were established in 13 cities across the country, from Cleveland to New Haven, Connecticut, and from Winston-Salem, North Carolina to Los Angeles. And women, according to uh, sociologist Alondra Nelson, were the backbone of that effort. Not surprising. Considered that, considering that approximately 60% of the Black Panther Party members were female. Some of the clinics were in storefronts, others in trailers, or structures that they had to build in a hurry in order to serve the community. But most of them didn't last long. But they offered services such as testing for high blood pressure, lead poisoning, tuberculosis, diabetes, cancer detection screenings, physical exams, treatments for colds and flu, the immunization for polio, measles, rubella, diphtheria. Nelson reports that many of the women and men involved in the PFMCs were, uh, went on to become credentialed healthcare profes- uh, professionals. Now, the goal of the People's Free Medical Centers was to serve as neighborhood or community health centers. The BPP believed that there were numerous problems in the healthcare system. Specifically, the BPP believed that while private clinics were too expensive, public clinics could not adequately serve communities as hospitals were underfunded and overcrowded. And both of these issues resulted in the BPP adding to the sixth component of their platform, the People's Free Medical Research Clinics. The clinics were to serve the people, body, and soul, as the party platform explained. One of the key claims or mantras of the movement emphasized that in order to continue fighting their mission, the members had to take better care of their bodies and souls. The care and research of many labs focused on sickle cell anemia. And some of these labs focused on issuing screenings for sickle cell anemia, while others sought out a cure as well as serving children with their children health care programs. Part of the program's mission was educate patients on becoming advocates for themselves in the healthcare system. And this is a unique position as the relationship between physician and patient continues to modify today. As noted, as noted um, in the picture of former President Barack Obama, one might notice parallels between the movements of his administration and the efforts of the BPP. However, recent discussions have also compared Obamacare to the Nixon administration's plan and stated that the BPP would not have advocated towards the leniency outlined in the Obamacare proposal. Now, one use of the centers 
was to inform volunteer physicians about the alternative forms of medicine and actors in those realms. The, th the theory of the BPP was that most physicians came from a place of privilege and could not relate to the real struggles of the people that they were treating. Therefore, the party worked to inform or re-educate these professionals in the teachings of Mao Zedong, Fonts Fanon, and other political ideologies. The volunteer physician, Fitzhugh Mullen, recalls lessons on these philosophers while working at the Lincoln Hospital Collective. He notes that the Panthers and the Young Lords Party required the activist doctors to take PE classes from their learning, scrutinizing, and memorizing the works of Mao and Joshua S. Horn. In addition, in the realm of the PFMC, the BPP reinterpreted scientific theories about the cause of sickle cell anemia by retracing its history to the slave trade in the medical industrial complex. Now, the next program is the Youth Institute. And the Intercommunal Youth Institute was established in January 1971 by the Black Panther Party. And in 1974, the name was changed to the Oakland Community School. Now, the, the Black Panther Party's goal was to get children to learn to their highest potential and to strengthen their minds so that one day they would be successful. The school graduated its first class in June of 1974 and in September of 1977, California Governor Edward Jerry Brown Jr. and the California legislator gave Oakland Community School a special award for having set the standard for the highest level of elementary education in the state. Now, point five, of the Black Panther Party's 10-point platform says, we must dissent education from our people that exposes the true nature of this descendant American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present-day society. We believe in educational system that will give our people a knowledge of itself. If you do not have knowledge of yourself, your position in, in the society and in the world, then you will have little chance to know anything else. It is important to note that it was the B, uh, BPP's Oakland Community School practice of providing breakfast for students that led to the nation's requirement to provide breakfast for students in public schools. What's even more interesting is that 50 years ago, the Black Panther Party knew that practicing meditation and mindfulness had a positive impact on a student's well-being. OCS students also participated in martial arts classes and helped support other survival programs and had peer-led justice committees for dealing with disputes and conflict, which serves as further proof that the OCS was truly ahead of its time. All of this was created to make up for what the public school system failed to provide for black youth. What is incredible about the Black Panther Party and the creation of the Oakland Community School is that the community rose up to take care of their own community. The Oakland Community School was created because there was a need. There was a need for a safe place for black students to learn and grow. There was a need for Oakland youth to be educated by people who look like them 
people who were from their community. There was a need for a challenge. There was a need to challenge the European frame of reference when talking about history. There was a need to liberate the minds of Oakland Black youth. If we educate, heal, protect, and liberate our youth, these teachings will be passed on to the next generation to come. Taking care of each other is a model of liberation, and for that, we are forever grateful of the revolutionary insight of the Black Panther Party. Now, the next program is the seniors against fearful seniors against a fearful environment are called safe now safe is a nonprofit corporation that was started by the black panther party at the request of a group of senior citizens for the purpose of preventing muggings and attacks upon the elderly particularly when they went out to cash their social security or pension check now, prior to approaching the Black Panther Party, these seniors had gone to the Oakland Police Department to, to request protection. And while there, the police told them that they should walk close to the curb in the future. Now, the program offered free transportation and escort services to the residents of the Satellite Senior Home, a residential complex for elderly in Oakland, California. Now, before the Black Panther Party was involved, the elderly were robbed and attacked randomly. Over a period of six weeks, 249 people were robbed and 48% were over the age of 50. This program showed the community that the Panthers' mission was not against any particular people. They were against those who chose to victimize the black community. The next program is the People's Free Ambulance. And this is a service that was provided for free rapid transportation for sick or injured people without time-consuming checks into a patient's financial status or means. The People's Free Ambulance Service operated at least one ambulance in a 24-hour emergency basis and from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. in a non-emergency basis, according to uh, one of the members of the party. People were transported to and from the hospital or doctor's offices in modern, comfortable ambulances for courteous, efficient, and knowledgeable by courteous, efficient, and knowledgeable attendants. Now, the next program is the free food program, and this program provided free food to Black and other oppressed people. The intent of the free the free food program was to supplement the groceries of black and poor people until economic conditions allowed them to purchase good food at reasonable prices, according to Hillard, who was the chief of staff for the Black Panther Party. The free food program provided two basic services to the community. To the community. One, an ongoing supply of food to meet their daily needs. Two, periodic mass distributions of food to reach a larger segment of the community than could be serviced from an ongoing supply. The community was provided with bags of fresh food containing items such as eggs, canned fruits and vegetables, chickens, milk, potatoes, rice, bread, cereal, and so forth. A minimum of a week's supply of food was included in each bag. 
Huey P. Newton would go on to say, explaining the party's survival program by saying, we recognize that in order to bring the people to the level of consciousness where they would seize the time, it would be necessary to serve their interests by, in survival by developing programs that would help them to meet their daily needs. All these programs satisfy the deep needs of the community, but they are not solutions to our problems. That is why we call them survival programs meaning survival pending revolution. We say that the survival programs of the Black Panther Party is like the survival kit of a sailor stranded in a raft. It helps him sustain himself until he can get completely out of that situation. Now, the next program is the Black Student Alliance. And the alliance was founded in May 1972. And it served, okay, it was founded in May 1972 when several black student unions in the Bay Area pulled together with the goal of creating concrete programs on the campus that would unify the student body and the black students with the black community. In order to make the Bay Area colleges better, and be more responsible to the surrounding poor and oppressed community, the Black Student Alliance instituted a program for free books and supplies, free transportation programs, childcare services, financial aid programs, a food program serving good nutritious food at reasonable prices, and the initiation of relevant courses along with the demand for better instructors. Now, the last thing that the Black Panthers came up with was the Black Panther newspaper. The paper was the official organ of the Black Panther Party. It was a tabloid-sized newspaper that published regularly every week starting in April of 1967. It was copyrighted by Huey P. Newton and was 24 pages distributed nationally. The Black Panther provided news and information about the works of the Black Panther Party chapters throughout the country, news and news analysis of the Black and other oppressed communities in the United States, Africa, and around the world, theoretical writings of party ideologists, and general news features in all matters relative to the liberation of humankind from oppression of any kind, according to the Chief of Staff, David Hillard's summary of the Black Panther uh, programs. Now, overall, these programs that the Black Panther Party created were great for people because they were free and benefited every single one of them that was in need. However, these programs only lasted a couple of years. According to David Hillard, the government has attacked us again the IRS and other agencies harassing the members of the East Bay business community who were the ones who gave the program's financial support are gone. With the main contributors and donors to the programs unable and unwilling to assist, the programs died out. Even though they were so beneficial to the need, they were so beneficial to the needy community who relied on these programs to extend survivability. Now, the Black Panther Party was not a group of angry black militants full of hatred and fury toward the white establishment. 
they were just a small organized uh they were just a small organization trying to help their people fight for social change well that's all i got there ain't no more my time is tight and that's the end of my show so grab your hand and make a fist listen to me and remember this i'll tell it to the hot i'll tell it to the cold i'll tell it to the young i'll tell it to the old i don't want no laughing I don't want no crime, but most of all, no signifying. Tune in next time. This is King Truth Podcast.